All right, GM, finally got the uh, technical difficulties worked out. GM, GM, glad, uh, glad you're safe and sound. We worried about you there for a minute, sir. I'm back, man. I'm back. Um, I had my my week of reset at the beginning of the year. Feel good. So, um, yeah, man. Um, I just completely unplugged week. I turned everything, literally everything off outside of text notifications. Um, or, yeah, so it, it's funny because... Uh, and I should have tweeted it out, right? <laughs> So uh, that was my bad for not tweeting it out. Yeah, no worries. The timing was just awfully uh, coincidental. I had hoped you didn't get liquidated um, with that that 4 a.m. wake that uh, hit us a few days ago. Because I know a few people that did, and then all of a sudden radio silence. I was like, oh, please no, boss man. <laughs> I was like, please not. Dude, I've, I've dealt with... <laughs> A lot worse than anything that happens on any wick recently. So no worries. Like the, I mean, if it, I can survive FTX, there's not much <laughs> that can phase me at this point. So um, now, but yeah, like looking at it, man, right now, I mean, I think we're about to enter that phase where we've got a few months Honestly, like I, I'm still bullish that we're going to go up from here, but I think we're going to see a, a crap ton of volatility right after this announcement, like both directions. You know, I'm kind of in the camp where a major liquidity event that everybody's been waiting on for so long, you know, I, I don't think it's going to be the immediate surge in price that so many people expect it to be. I definitely think it's a long-term catalyst and it's going to lead toward a lot higher prices toward, you know, different steps of this bull market. But I don't think it's necessarily going to be one of those things where immediately we teleport to new all-time highs. So that's just my take coming up on it. What's been good with you, man, in the new year? Need to tweet this out real quick too. Um. Well, I round tripped everything I made in December, so that was fun. Um. And they found my car. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Is that a good thing or a bad thing? Well, it's kind of mute to be honest, because they smoked crack in it, so the uh, insurance is going to total it. Good man. Dude, that's that's always the thing that I have heard about that that's a little bit sketchy is if your car has been stolen and it's been gone for a little period of time, you don't want it to be found to a certain extent because sometimes the insurance companies will screw you over and you have no idea what's happened in there. But, you know, like... You Dirty up- Mike and the boys had a soup kitchen. Um, <laughs> dude, that's... Where, where did they find it, though? I'm curious. Uh, honestly, like 15 minutes away from me, um, like in this ghetto neighborhood. Dude, they there was a container of shark teeth in my car. Shark teeth? <laughs> yes. Uh, why? The only, the only assumption I could guess is some crackhead probably bartered it. It's like, dude, this is probably worth like at least a rock to, you know, it's worth to a museum. So I give you the shark teeth and 
you know, give yeah, I don't know. There is 10 boxes of medical catheters in the trunk of my car, like unopened, <laughs> which was really weird. Like, yeah, it was, dude, they stole my favorite Frisbee. The pretty much the only one that I throw when I, when I go throwing. Uh, which was unfortunate. Yeah. That's a huge L. Yeah. Yeah. They, uh, they, they pretty much took all my stuff out and then replaced it with crackhead junk. Yeah, man. Well, I hate to hear that. <laughs> America, land of the great. <laughs> Bagsy, welcome up, man. What's Here's up, guys? Space. Sorry to hear about your car. I'm not making fun of you, but damn, that's that's intense. Yeah, it's it's all right. Hopefully, they just you know give me a decent size little check I can go throw on 50x leverage and maybe get a better <laughs> one. Let's go. Hey, the girlfriend's still got a car, right? Like. Dude, she hasn't. She hasn't had a car in like a year. Oh shoot! All right, man. Like, so you were you were the one. Like, you've at least have you had a rental from the insurance company during this period? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got that on my coverage rental reimbursement. So the yeah, I've I've still had a vehicle. Love that, man. Okay, well, glad that you've at least had some form of transportation into the new year. Bagsy, what's been good with you, man? Welcome up. Oh, thanks, man. Uh, yeah, dude, just uh, enjoying the holidays uh, here in Dubai. So a bit hard being away from family, but uh, have some friends here. So that's that's been cool. Uh, enjoying the nice weather, having a little cigar on the balcony. Can't complain. What about you? You took a, a week or two hiatus from crypto Twitter. How's, how's that been for you? Oh, dude, it was good. Like, it was one of those things I, I felt like I needed a reset coming into the year. I, I've just, I don't know, man, past few months, I feel like I've been in a funk where, like, I think a lot of it is just being, you know, the toll over the past few years of being isolated where you don't have a normal routine doing this as a full-time job, right? So, like, it is all on your initiative as far as any type of routine, any type of discipline, any type of everything else. And, you know, like a couple of years ago, whenever I started living by myself, absolutely loved it, right? Like love the freedom, love not having anything else to weigh me down, anybody else that I'm really concerned about. But, you know, that's the catch 22 of not really working in the corporate world is, you know, you don't have that regular contact with people. So I think I finally realized over the break, a few different things that I want to do to increase my productivity slash, you know, a few different goals I really want to work toward this next year. You know, one of them, like I want to cut back on unproductive screen time where I, I found myself just, you know, like, especially when your job is getting on Twitter, getting on, you know, looking trading view, looking at whatever else, like it's easy to surf to different apps in between, like little breaks, right? And it's 10 minutes here, five minutes here. And you're looking at hours a day of just unnecessary content. And it's like when you're already spending hours a day pouring into this, it's just too much, right? So like cutting back on that, uh, I'm also probably insane for what I'm doing. I'm going to like, <laughs> I'm literally moving out of the house I'm in right now. going to move in with a couple buddies and, you know, just get an, uh, an office outside of the house that I've got to go to. <laughs> so, uh, um, that's smart. 
yeah, doing that, man, like just a few different things to really, you know, change up the routine a little bit, because that's one of the things I realized. I'm like, man, this routine right now, if I am in it for the next couple of years, like it's going to be hell, right? Like, so, yeah, you know, it, it, it was refreshing. You know, sometimes I feel like you got to take a step back to kind of really figure out what's going on. And that was kind of the goal of the past. Now I've just got a crap ton of messages to catch up on. <laughs> um, it's, it's amazing yeah. how much adds up. Oh, but uh, congrats on the new living quarters. That sounds like that sounds like a good time being with friends. Yeah, man, it'll be fun. Um, it'll be an adjustment too, but I, I think it'll be a good time, right? Like, just be nice to live with people that actually have normal schedules. So, um, just have to figure out what what I'm gonna do with everything in the house. I think I'm just gonna literally try to give away most of my crap. I don't know. It, it'll be kind of nice too. Want to travel a lot more this next year too. So, I think that'll end up contributing toward that. So, dude, are you living in Dubai full time now? Yeah, it's been uh, close to two years, and I, I kind of came to the same realization uh, two weeks ago. Because I was uh, I was boxing and I injured my lower back, so I've been kind of stuck in not stuck in bed, but it's been like a recovery period. And now that I realize that you know doing daily activities is more difficult, I'm like, well, what am I doing with my life? You know, I'm on my I'm on my laptop a lot of the time. So yeah, I'm coming to the same realization. And um, I think working outside of the house is a brilliant idea. And uh, I've actually been looking for an office too. So that's that's been uh, it's been a fun little fun little adventure here, but um, yeah, uh, honestly, Dubai has been awesome. Uh, if anyone you know lives here or plans on ever moving out of your country, it's it's a really cool place. So there are enough other guys that I know that are involved in this space over there that have moved over there or active right now. Would you ever consider doing something if you had like a couple good buddies where you just got an office set up together and you guys, you know, like, or are you, do you enjoy more kind of being separating that part of your life completely, not really plugging in as much on that side of it, like having your, you know, your privacy, whatever you're working on, your trading, your, you know, the CT side of things, um, what what would be your approach with that? That's a good question. I mean, I like because I hang out with some of the CT guys here, like Rookie or Charles, or you know, we have a little little group here. So you know, we hang out, we we go out. Uh, but getting an office with them, I've I've never really considered that. I've always been not a loner, but I like working alone. So I, I wouldn't be against it. But like, I mean, trading around other people would be to me stressful because I just need like a really quiet environment if I'm going to do it. But if it were just, you know, like <laughs> shit posting on Twitter or, you know, looking for setups and stuff, that'd be cool. But I think, you know, the idea of being with other people is it just leads to idea generation. And that's the thing that's most interesting to me because, you know, you can, you can still generate things online on Twitter, on Telegram and stuff, but it's different when, you're with like-minded people who have good intentions. So I, I, I'm open to it. Um, I just haven't really asked anyone, Hey, do you want to rent an office with me and hang out? <laughs> it hasn't really, I haven't really thought about that, but it's not a bad idea. Y'all should do it, man. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, 
have the super set up. I, I mean, for I, I feel like for somebody like Rookie, it makes sense where, you know, you're doing a lot of the streaming, which I'm curious, man, are you going to start back up on the streaming game? Because, I, I mean, a lot of people in here may not know you were one of the OG CT streamers back in the day. Yeah, I mean, uh, today I jumped into a few Twitter spaces and I'm kind of judging whether it's something I want to get back into. But that was really a, an awesome way for me to meet people here. So I think it's something that I should that would definitely be beneficial to me and hopefully the, the listeners, too. But um, yeah, yeah, I, I do miss it. I do miss it. It's just things got so chaotic for me in 2020 that I had to kind of shift my focus elsewhere. But uh, now I'm in a place where I could I could definitely see that happening again, um, and that, that's actually where I first met you through um, through Ace at the time, and uh, I remember we tried getting you on the on the podcast a few times, um, but uh, yeah yeah I do miss it, um, and that's well, why I'm here too. I refused to do it, man. I like I was still too nervous to come out and talk on on the mic when you were still active with him. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, I think obviously, you know, now, like you do it once or twice and it's, you know, it's, again, it, it becomes fun and it's cool to share your thoughts too. And to have conversations with people that are smarter than you or where you can learn something or at least have like a friendly debate. Um, but yeah, yeah, I miss it. Well, I'm, I'm voting for the comeback this year. I'm voting for <laughs> Thanks. So in that case, uh, if I do reboot it, I'd love to, to, to have you on and we could have a cool chat. I'm it. in. So, hey, another about question. Would you do video with the mask again? Or are you, you know... <laughs> <laughs> oh, dude, that's a great question. I mean, Because that's that the other <laughs> funny part, right? You were doing the mask videos back pre-COVID, too. Where, like, you know, nobody did yeah. mask videos back then. I mean, it was, like, that was that was the, the signature mark. Yeah, I mean, if anything, I'd have to uh, message my friends at home and get them to ship the mask back out <laughs> over here because I, I left it there when I moved. But I would probably keep the mask. Fuck it. Like, you know, my face doesn't matter. No, that's that's the other thing I always flip back and forth on, man. And I think I'm back toward the period of leaning toward face toxing again because, I mean, heck, anybody that matters, I've already met in person anyway. I mean, a lot, I mean, a lot of people that you know, from different events. Um, yeah. So, I still yeah. haven't met you though. Unfortunately, know, we, haven't, we haven't crossed paths. That's a good point. Yeah, me so too. It's like, I've met a lot of people, you know, but like the, the doxing side of things is always about that crazy 1%, right? Because outside of that, I don't think my day-to-day -day life would look any different, right? Like CT isn't mainstream enough that you're walking around and, you know, you just have random people come up and, you know, like it, it's about that 1%. Like there was this one girl, Kara Resurrect or whatever, that has about 20 or 30 different. Oh, like, yeah, 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 yeah. I, I right? think I know who that is. Yeah, I think it's Randy, <laughs> actually. Um, and oh, really? I, That's possible. I actually do. There are some ties that like, you know, here, here was my thought process behind it. So she, and I say she very, you know, sparingly, like she, or cautiously, she commented on a couple of my uh, tweets and I'd never seen her before. And she just started, you know, shitting on whatever I was putting up. 
And I was like, okay, who is this? So I start doing a tiny bit of digging. And she had all these alt accounts that were all these other random accounts that would just back her up and be like, yeah, Kaleo sucks. Kara's a queen. Kara's this goddess. And I'm like, this is <laughs> sense, right? This is this like Kara has a cock. <laughs> yeah. So I, I, I go down and I start doing some digging on some of these different accounts. And all they do, the only thing these accounts do is retweet Kara content. So as I'm doing more digging, I start finding different accounts that are on there that were her previously. They were like tweeting as her with screenshots of her before. And these were like 20, 30,000 follower accounts. So she had built up this entire network of bots slash whatever, like where she's logging in and out of various accounts to hype herself up. And out of nowhere, you know, like I start getting random things like freaking Randy starts getting in her corner and making up complete shit. Like find some dead company in the state of Texas and like ascribe, like anyway, like just going down the list of different things. I'm like, what in the world is happening here? And Randy is that, you know, the fake whale account. So I'm like, the only way that all these are tying together is I think Randy was the person behind it. So you start looking for people like that and you take off that one wrong person. And it's like, you know, you open up this can of worms. So that's the only downside I think of doxing. But then I think on the flip side of it, you dox and it like kind of takes away a lot of the leverage from certain situations like that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I mean, you, it sounds like you could be the next Zach XBT with all the research you did, but um, yeah, it's that's stressful, dude. I don't know. I feel like you know, let them work for it. If they're gonna find anything out, let them work for it. But uh, yeah, crypto Twitter is a fun place. I think as long as you have good intentions, it can't really go wrong. You just have to be resilient at times and go with the flow. Tracto, my man, what's up? Hey, what's going on, y'all? Um, so I've gone back and forth about this too, and especially with like going to a couple of IRL events. Like, I, I don't know. I feel like enough people know me on crypto Twitter that when they see, still no one knows what I look like in person, except for the people I've met at these events. But I just, for me, it's about the people that. I'm with like in real life. So with the farm and everything, like I don't want to expose, you know, any aspects of my life that don't need to be, that aren't really important to what I'm doing in web three to the people in web three that want to do any kind of, you know, ill intent, anything like that. And again, it is just 1%, but it's still enough to, to not want me to dox. I would love to dox because I think it would be a blast. And I like that personal connection that you can have with people, you know, on top of just using a PFP, but I don't know. It's still just, it's not worth that 1% risk right now. You know what I mean? Like how, how uh, Ben.eth got ran up on. Yeah. That or the <laughs> wait, that oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wait, 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 what happened with Ben.eth? Uh, Did they actually figure out who he was? Wait, was it, was it? No, actually, was it, I don't know. You're thinking what, of Polly. Yes, right? yeah, I'm thinking of Polly. Same dude, 
Yeah, same same type of same type <laughs> same of person, thing. right? Yeah, <laughs> no, yeah. Polly got ran up on and called the ambulance for a little scratch on his elbow. That was funny. Well, dude, on on top of that, you know, it was funny reading. Did you read Bitlord's whole mental health break thing where he was like, you know, he just finished raising five mil plus, and he posed at some <laughs> posed on some stretcher with electro whatever you know to his head saying that he needed a break for the bahamas for a month doctor prescribed and the more people funded the project the more he was gonna have to push it back and you know there are people in there supporting it and there's some just making fun of him supporting it but then you see Polly Ox. And he's like, hey, massive <laughs> And you're just sitting there and you're like, this dude actually means it. He actually respects the grift. Mm, that's just, that, there's, that is so yeah. bad. You know, I think that the mental health break stuff is important. Um, but it, is just, it just cracks me up whenever it comes at a very convenient time. People are like, all right, you know, uh, I, I went ahead and I raised $5 million. I'll see you guys in a month, and then we'll figure out what we want to do with it because we didn't have a business plan beforehand. And it's just like, wait, what? Uh, like, I, I have nothing good to say about him, so I'm not going to say anything. But, yeah, if you're going to raise that much, at least have a plan and launch something. Even if it doesn't do well, at least give it a, you know, give the people the chance. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. A lot of grifters in the space. What are you going to do? No, no. And, Kaleo, I I know you said that you had just taken a a bit of a hard reset from Web3. I kind of just did the same thing. I went on a missions trip. Um, I've been going for the past, like, 12 years. And we went to Jamaica, and we did a lot of really, really cool stuff. And, you know, during that time I was limited internet access and that has been amazing, (laughs) you know, getting to come back. Obviously I'm trying to get reacquainted with everything in web three, but dude, it was the most awesome experience. It it is crazy how web three is so self-serving in so many aspects. And when you go somewhere that people don't have as much as what we would consider to be the bare minimum, you know, it really puts everything back in perspective. And I'm excited for everything coming this year in Web3, but also for, for me to kind of change up how I'm doing Web3. Love that, man. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it does take that sometimes because you don't realize it where, you know, in a sense, like, it's easy to get the lines blurred from this being a job and this being a hobby. And, you know, at a certain point, like, again, when it's what you do, it has become a job to that extent. And sometimes you need a break. And I think just with anything like it, but, you know, taking, taking five mil and then immediately running off. And like, <laughs> that's, that's, that's different. Right. Like, yeah. but taking, taking a few days, taking a week off just to be able to kind of reset, figure out what you want to do going into something, I think is a completely different approach and it's something that's healthy, right? Where you need different perspective occasionally to be able to catch blind spots, right? And, um, you know, I think that's like looking into it. My big goal Whenever I thought about doing this, I was like, honestly, the next two years are going to be absolute madness. 
with the uh, with the having coming the ETF this year, everything else coming on the regulatory front, like when you're looking at a bunch of the different raises that have been happening, like the next two years, I, I really still believe are going to be bigger, you know, on by another magnitude of scale than the previous bull market. And, you know, like I, I know a couple people that disagree with me um, that I respect. <laughs> Uh, like it's funny, Bagsy, whenever I was in, du- uh, not Dubai, but in Singapore, I was having a conversation with Wolf, Wolf of Poloniex. Um, and he was convinced he's like, dude, this is dead. He's like, we're not going to have another bull market for six years. <laughs> and I'm like, I don't know, man. I'm- oh, no. <laughs> I'm when, like, when, when was this roughly? This was September. He was like, he was like, oh, one. Yeah. he was like, alts are never going to come back. He's like. NFTs oh, no. have zero, zero hope of anything. And he's like, the only thing that maybe has a chance is Bitcoin, but I don't even see it breaking new all-time highs in the next few years. <laughs> Good. I mean, uh, I, I've, I've met Wolf, and he's, he's pretty so, smart. So, I mean, I mean, yeah. yeah. Crypto has a way of sneaking up behind you and reminding you that it's still a really, or, you know, a really tiny asset. And, uh, yeah. I'm happy. I'm happy to prove them wrong in that sense. Feels good. So, what is what do you see happening over the next couple of years, Bags? Do you see after the ETF us just continuing to skyrocket? When, like, if if slash when Bitcoin hits a new all time high, if you had gun to your head right now to guess what time frame, when would it be? <sighs> Under six months. That's being, that's, okay. that's, that's being, you know, I think reasonable. Um, you know, just I, I just don't think people understand how much inflow can come from the ETFs once these big players start, you know, pushing it. Because they have a product to sell and they want to make money, right? So the ETF just validates the idea that it's not a complete scam. Like they've been telling people for years now. Um, but you know, I don't know. It could take longer. It could take less time. Uh, gun to my head. Within six months, uh, having yeah, yeah, like I'm not selling anything right now. I'm just being patient. And you know, like for in in my situation, I have a rainy day fund. Like I'm not gonna be on the street if I'm wrong. So I can afford to take that line of you know, I, I can afford to think this way. Um, well, what about you? What, what do you think? It, it's been, <laughs> you know, if you would have asked me a little over a year ago, um, my general, you know, looking at the timeline of everything, I always was leaning toward later this year. But with the way everything's trending, man, I, I think I kind of agree with you that within six months is reasonable. Um, I don't think it's one of those things you should bet the house on necessarily, you know, just leverage yourself to the tits right now and say, we are guaranteed to go X percent up after this ETF announcement, because two things could happen tomorrow, right? I mean, one, like they could deny it. There's a potential that we have yeah. something that we don't expect, right? Like there, there is a chance. As much as people don't want to hear it, there is a chance. Two, 
um, is, you know, if it passes, again, you have to ask yourself, is it priced in? And a lot of the time, man, more times than not, what I've seen in this space, something is priced in. So I, I think it's one of those things where it's long-term bullish regardless for, you know, it'll be a catalyst, a huge catalyst throughout the cycle. You know, it'll lead to higher highs if it is passed. But at the same time, I don't think that it's one of those things that it definitively means the day that it happens, there will be such a surge of demand that we immediately see, you know, new all-time highs. So I, I wouldn't be surprised to still chop in this range for a little bit more before continuing higher. But, you know, I think one way or the other, we are going to see new highs sometime this year. Calio. Up only, baby. Up only. <laughs> Amen. Man. No, you're, 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 no, you're, uh, yeah, you're right. You're right. But, uh, yeah, that's all I said. You know, if you're, if you mortgage your house to these prices, good luck. Uh, the time to mortgage it was when no one wanted to buy it and FTX blew up. And in hindsight, it's obvious to look at it that way. Yeah, the time but to go not- all in was at, uh, you know, Stub 12k or 1200 ETH when I asked Kaleo if I should sell my car and just go all in on ETH and he said no and then my car gets stolen anyway and I get a check. I said you need a car to drive, man. Like you still need a car. I'm not. I'm not gonna. I was waiting for like the right side. Uh, well, I wouldn't need to be driving anywhere if I went all in on Ethereum sub 1200. My bad. You'd be at twenty four hundred right now. Like <laughs> this guy could have had thirty ETH and a bicycle at the moment. He'd be fucking happy. <laughs> oh no! God, I love it. <laughs> Crypto man. It's Dude, the only person I know with like the type of balls to hold that long for that long. Um, oh gosh, why am I blanking on his name, Bags? It's every community member who's ha- been with Wonky Songs since 2021. Those <laughs> are your diamond handers right there. That's true, but with leverage positions? Yeah, I, I, I don't know who would hold it that NFTs long. Are the only leverage. person I know is what's his name, SoCal. Who hold? Who held like that? Position. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. You know what I'm talking yeah, about from Maggie? like six like, K. Yeah, of that, course. That's what yeah, I'm talking yeah. about. As far as holding a leverage position for that long, I don't know anybody that is holding it for a year <laughs> like that. Just nobody does that. You know, like uh, the odds of you like nailing it perfectly and not having the majority of that profit eaten away by maintenance margin throughout. The, yeah. the period is no, it's just not happening. You got, yeah, you, you got I, I want to do the you, math on my 50x um, soul long at twenty one dollars. Um, I was in the we we're trading in room one ten Discord. I was like, hmm, I feel like this could be the forever long that I just sit on. I sold it at like six hundred percent in the profits, and I don't even want to do the math on what that would be. Oh boy. Oh, dude, that was like my bonk long. <laughs> like, so oh, no. <laughs> I I logged bonk back at the very beginning of November, Bagsy. I've, I've got a tweet with it where I had a pretty dang large position. Um, I, I think, I mean, 
it wasn't large at the time, right? Like, you know, but I, I think it was 30 million or something, 30 million times a thousand. So, the, you know, the thousand bonk, which had I held on to that, I mean, like, again, I, I sold it for, you know, a two or three X, whatever it was, whenever it went up from 0. 0.000, whatever one, uh, you know, 10,000 to like 20,000. And now it's up at like, still 128,000, like it just <laughs> looking at how that went up only. And I, I felt pretty dang good about taking that, you know, two or three X, whatever I hit it. That was painful. Oh, that reminds me of the, the dude who, who had shared his uh, leverage position. It's like 12 million no or something. Guy. Oh, I wonder what happened to him, man. I remember Ledger yeah, was trying to <laughs> really good for him. That's, 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 that's heart. That's heart right that there. Uh, that's Jane. heart. <laughs> Gainsey posted something about it. He wondered what happened to the guy. And there were multiple people that apparently, I don't know if this guy just has a telegram or discord where he's updating it, but apparently he's still up a few mil and he's just holding on oh, to fuck. it. Damn, he's like, I, 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 that's crazy. <laughs> that's guts that right there. Awesome. You like to see it though. You know, <laughs> we pay for hands so much stuff. You like to see somebody win something. <laughs> I mean, he hasn't won. He hasn't, he hasn't won, won yet, yet, but he's he's in it. He's in the race. <laughs> well, you say he's still up a couple mil. Okay, I mean yeah, he it's, is, it's, but I'll I'll say this: funding on that type of position with like that adds up pretty quickly, also, man. Like when you're starting to hold that open for weeks at a time, you're starting to pay a crap ton. And so, you know, I don't know how long he's planning on holding this say that it just maintains the current price that it's at and he wants to hold it for another you know three or four months before it makes another leg up you know he's paying hundreds of thousands of dollars in funding fees to be able to keep that position open you know potentially i don't know i'd have to look mm. and see and like i'd have to do the, the real math on how ridiculous it is right now to hold open but I don't know. Like that's that's what I looked at where I didn't even realize back when I was trading super high volume, just super high degen stuff, FTX 2021, you know, at the end of the year I paid 1.8 million just in funding fees, not in, you know, regular trading fees, but 1.8 million funding, another 1.6 in trading fees. <laughs> um, so they loved you. Yeah, they did, man. There, there's a reason there's a reason they loved me. I'm sure they were very <laughs> smart with your money, Kaleo. What's that? Yeah, they were very yeah. smart with all that profit. And, you know, if they just had another thousand Kaleos, they wouldn't have gone under. <laughs> Man. Man, that is how, how long uh, do you think um, do you think Binance is going to be around in three years? Uh, man, I after the recent I, I lean toward yes. Like, I lean toward what happened with the SEC was huge. Mm -hmm. um, and if they didn't collapse throughout what happened over the course of the past couple of the years with that massive liquidation cascade across the industry, I don't really see what's left to tackle them unless they just do something you know, really egregious and stupid and greedy, right? Because that's really what's what it's going to take at this point. Because I feel like, you know, again, you, you kind of, you solve things with the SEC, you pay that major fine, 
you almost have a clean slate in a certain sense, right? So what is it at that point from there on out that is going to tackle them? You know, the only thing that I could really see, and it wouldn't necessarily surprise me, you know, the SEC, I feel like their stance on certain regulation evolves by the day. So it wouldn't completely shock me as things grow if they end up growing or trying to grow their reach over certain categories again. And, you know, that being one of them where, you know, looking at the major exchanges and making something illegal that might not have necessarily been illegal at the time that they solved it. So um, that would be the only black swan event that would maybe, but as far as from a solvency perspective, I, I don't think that it's going down the same way that FTX um, and some of those others did. I don't know. What's your take? Yeah, I think, I think that's, that's fair. As long as there's a lot of liquidity and uh, the new CEO is able to vocalize his thoughts as well as CZ did, or at least if he's as memeable as CZ is, then they'll keep a large amount of, you know, large amount of interest in trading there. I'm curious to see what kind of, you know, what kind of exchanges will pop up now that bigger players are there. That's going to be interesting to me. Because obviously, you know, BlackRock and all these all these guys are going to want to own a huge market share of trading volume too now that they, don't, they have an ETF that will eventually get approved, whether it's tomorrow or in six months or whatever. So do you think they create their own exchange or invest heavily in something like a Kraken that, you know, isn't necessarily public yet that they might be able to, you know, just buy out a large percentage already has the framework, you know, a lot of the regulatory boxes checked. Um, I don't know. I could see something like that potentially happening. Um, the bigger question, I, I would say, I'd say both. I would say yeah. both. I would say the ones that don't want to take on the risk will, invest in Kraken, the ones who have all the connections, know all the market makers, can do it properly, will create their own and try and get a piece of the pie. That, that's my thought. And you know whether people will go there or not, the DGENs might not. Maybe they will if liquidity is good and it's not too predatory and it makes sense and they list the right check coins. But at the same time, they're going to be, I feel they're going to be very, um, strict with what they list so there's still going to be there's still going to be a lot of trading going on on bybit and whatever other whatever other exchanges people trade on so it'll be a bit of both but i I could definitely see a world where they'll create their own exchanges and try and suck up as much liquidity as possible yeah the the exchange narrative is going to be a really interesting one to track over the next few years too because i think you're right the bigger question isn't in my opinion whether or not binance will exist anymore it's will binance maintain their spot at number one um i that that's actually what i meant to ask i I didn't phrase it properly but yeah no I, i absolutely and that's that's a tough one man i I think they will, but I also do think there's real opportunity for something new. 
you know? Yeah, I mean, I'm excited to see how Armani's backpack exchange unfolds, to be honest. Yeah, like backpack is another is one I'm really keeping track of. I think that one has real potential. Yeah, and they're based out of Dubai, I think, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. And is it, they've, is they've it Dubai or Japan? I'm, it could be both, but I'm 80% convinced it's Dubai. But maybe, I don't know. Uh, I could be pulling names out of my ass. Um, but yeah, like, I'm curious what will happen to decentralized perp exchanges like GMX and Rabbit and all these, you know, all these places. I wonder, you know, because I'm, I'm convinced that the SEC is going to try to gain something from them eventually. And, you know, I'm, I'm not looking forward to that. Uh, but uh, what do you guys think? Yeah, that's, that's the other thing to keep track of, right, is the whole Dex narrative. And to a certain extent, you know, it... Like, the deal with the SEC is it, it's impossible to really tackle every single one of them. What they do, they make an example of one. Um, you know, it takes a long time before they have everything they need to be able to tackle the second. Things operate slowly, but it's that fear of the one that was taken down that really sets the precedent for what the rest are going to do. Right? You know, look at the KYC front, where, you know, it started back in the day where, you know, four years ago, you really didn't have KYC on any of these major exchanges that offered derivatives. Um, and then you slowly started to see it trickle trickle down, right? You know, you started to see uh, after what happened to BitMEX, um, you know, people were scared. You started to see implementation from, you know, FTX put a light one on there. Binance ended up being a bit more strict, you know. And then finally, this past year, you started having some of the last holdouts like Bybit and BitGet that ended up doing it. You've only got a couple left that really haven't. And the thing is, you look at it, you, you pay a price for, you know, basically the ones that are less regulated. Again, they're sketchier. So the price that you pay is the confidence in the exchange, you know, and the confidence in your assets and what's going to end up happening. Are you going, you know, to get this major clawback from, (laughs) Um, who was it that was just doing that recently with the clawbacks? Uh, uh, Gate. Mexi no, or Mexi, Mexi. I think that's it. Yeah. So there's certain things like that that you have as the trade offs. So I think it's the same type of thing that you're going to end up seeing with the DEX game, where for a DEX to operate really effectively and efficiently, like any other exchange, you need liquidity, right? And Whenever you start to really, you know, tackle the major, the major DEXs, you'll have others that pop up, but will people really be willing to trade on them with certain, you know, tolerance as far as slippage, products off, product offering, you know, contract audits? Like, do you really trust what's happening with the contract? You know, do you think something's going to happen like a mango markets? Have you done your full due diligence on that type of stuff? So it just is one of those things where even the Dex game, as much as people are pushing it, and as much as I do think it'll be part of this next cycle, 
you know, there's still just this element of intuition and trust where I don't think that it's possible to fully overtake the centralized exchanges as far as volume. Yeah. Um, Especially ease of access too. Like, like most normies don't, won't even know how to trade on a DEX or even know how to connect a wallet um, to one. So yeah, I agree. Most volume is probably going to stay on major exchanges, but yeah, there's going to be extreme amount of volume coming in both directions. Cause a lot of people that are here right now don't even want to buy any of the majors. So they're chasing, you know, sub hundred K meme coins trying to hit the next thousand X. Cause they think that's the only way uh, you're able to make it now. Yeah. So anyway, I mean, that was a long winded answer toward it. I mean, DEXs are definitely going to have a huge narrative this next cycle, but um, I just don't think that any of them are quite as safe of an option as a lot of people paint them to be. Um, you know, like the point being, regardless of where you store your assets, you know, not your keys, not your coins. And I get on a DEX, yeah, you know, like whenever you've got it locked in any sort of protocol, if there's anything I've learned over the course of the past couple of years, you know, it's a lot of these things that seem like they are bulletproof aren't necessarily bulletproof. And, um, you know, again, when you're looking down the line, even if it's not necessarily the contract risk, it all goes back to the regulatory risk of, you know, say something happens where the domain is seized and, you know, the contract officially still works on the back end. You can still do everything you need to. You know, it is what is the fallout from, you know, those positions as everybody is trying to escape them on that exchange. Are you going to, you know have the same type of liquidity that you really expected to be able to trade efficiently on there. I don't know. So. Yeah, I think it's less, it's, it's less bad because at least in that case, you would be risking the position that you're trading and your assets wouldn't be deposited on that DEX necessarily, mm -hmm. unless you're providing liquidity on GMX or one of these. Yeah. So, you know, the, the risk is your position gets liquidated. Okay. Uh, but at least, you know, your account risk isn't there. So it's it's kind of like a lesser evil in a, in a way. Um, like a lot of us got burnt with FTX and that was a lesson. Uh, but at least in this case, it's just, you know, what are you actively trading on that DEX? Uh, and yeah, I mean, as long as the DEX doesn't get exploited and it's able to drain your entire wallet, that's... You know, it hasn't happened yet with any of the major ones, and hopefully it never happens. Knock on wood. I don't have any wood around me, so someone knock on something. But I still think it's it's probably a bit better. We'll see. We'll see. Oh well, yeah, the only, the only major decks I can think of that was drained right off the top of my head is Mango, right? Yeah, 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 I, yeah. Thankfully, that didn't hit me. Yeah, <laughs> thankfully, thankfully, but that was that was rough though. And, and what was the name of the dude? Avi, I think. Avi, uh, yes. Man, he's I, not having a good time. He uh, is he's not. Jail time, right? <laughs> it's not good. I mean, 
I mean, it's good, but it's not good for him. He was very cocky. You know, code, code is, what was it, code is law? Or I forget the saying. Yeah. Uh, was Mango the one that law. Antonio Brown just showed on Twitter like a couple weeks ago or something? No, that was a, that was a random uh, Ansem shitcoin, I think. Unless I missed something else. <laughs> that was fucking funny. <laughs> <Bro>. <laughs> yeah, that, that was pretty amusing. No shame. No shame. Tracto, what's up, man? Hey, man. Um, all right, I got to hop off here. I got a meeting I got to jump into. But I just want to say, great space, lots of alpha. And you know what's coming next? Are you ready, Kalia? Are you ready? Yeah. <laughs> Hit me back in DMs when you get a chance, brother. All right, man. I will. I Take will. care, Tractor. What, what are these days? It'll, it'll happen. Hey, man, we're going to run out of time. And then it's just going to be like, man, you know, could have we could have been great together, Kaleo. Could have been great together. Good, <laughs> man. All right. All right. Appreciate well, you coming up, man. I look forward to hearing from you. Seeing you all. Um, now, but, like, Okay, so outside of that narrative, I am curious what your take on the NFT space is, because officially this is, you know, an NFT-oriented space. I'm curious, what is your take on the next couple of years, Bagsy? You know, do you, are you a believer that we'll see some type of bull market again with NFTs? Um, or do you think that what we saw last cycle is it? You know, do you think there will be an evolution as far as what they'll look like? You know, I'm just curious your take in general. I mean, I'm I'm giga bullish on NFTs. I I I own wonky stocks. I own a lot of different things. Uh, I don't think digital ownership is going anywhere. I think there are a lot of people that are doing it right. Um, off the top of my head, you know, pudgy penguins, uh, campfire pandas. There, there there's going to be a lot of cool things. Where do I think it's going? I I wish I knew. I'm I don't have that much insight on. The NFT circle, but uh, no, I, I really think it's cool that Pudgy Penguins were allowed to, or, or were able to, you know, get get their product into Walmart, and having kids purchase little plushies that are cute. They don't even realize it's an NFT, and then you can scan a QR code, create a game out of it. It, you know, there's going to be more and more ways that projects are able to make that bridge between. You know this complicated nft wallet crypto world that we're in and just you know buying something cute for your kid that can eventually you know become something else so i'm i i'm really bullish on it and um uh, i actually want to know what you're thinking because obviously you're very in touch with it dude i i'm giga bullish on nfts also i still think that the most opportunities for the average person, you know, you've got a lot less institutional competition when it comes to NFTs, right? I mean, that's one huge advantage. And when you're just looking at the overall narrative of it, you're going to have the same percentage of NFTs that pop up as new projects um, that fail as you with any other altcoin, meme coin, etc. So from a risk perspective, I think it's really similar there. Um, the only 
perspective that's a little bit different that a lot of people argue is the liquidity perspective. But I mean, it is a different asset. Like it's expected to trade differently than, you know, it's like any other collectible item, right? So I think just from an intuitive, you know, getting to the masses, NFTs make more sense to me than anything else, right? Like when you're talking about the average person really getting plugged into this space, digital collectibles, digital ownership. I mean, heck, even from the perspective of gaming, there's some people that I know that are not bullish on, um, you know, crypto web three gaming. I think that there are a lot of really intuitive applications. It's just about finding the right game to be able to push it. Um, you know, like if you have a bad game, nobody's going to want to play it, whether it's web three or not web three, if you've got a good game, people are going to want to play it. Um, and I think NFTs are really easy native integration that could be worked into it where, you know, what it comes back to is if you can do something and integrate it into something else without people even realize what they're necessarily buying is an NFT. I think that also adds to it. Um, but, you know, th there are just so many different verticals that NFTs could take on. You know, I don't think that it's necessarily going to be the type of vertical where, you know, what Ledger talked about on Up Only back in 20, 2021, early on, where he was like, you know, cars on the blockchain. I don't necessarily think that's <laughs> it. Unless it's like, you know, Maybe, maybe ownership of cars today, or you know, cool at least could get his car back. <laughs> yeah, Rooster could get his car back. Like, <laughs> imagine dealing with insurance with you know, NFTs. Like, dude, I'm literally like getting NFT. the last shit out of my car right now because the tow man's gonna come and pick it up. Like, I'm literally. <laughs> Digging through crackhead must. Oh, uh, brother's cleaning out his car right now. He's like, I wish I could sell this on the blockchain. Fuck. <laughs> but imagine when you're when you're like getting that final check when it's totaled, you've got to burn it. Does that burn the car? No. So <laughs> it should. You I, I, like it'd be amazing for you if it would. Um. But yeah, man, you know, so I just look at a lot of that where you've got provenance that is a huge thing. I mean, I think that it does translate where there are certain projects, certain ideas that like just because of when they came about, dude, we're I think we're going to have 100,000 like, you know, we had 10,000 10K PFP collections became the norm this last cycle. I'm so bullish on the growth of this industry as a whole. I think there are going to be so many people that are involved in crypto that are interested, that are trying to ride the wave that will have 100,000 PFP collections that end up selling out, right? Like we are going to have an insane surge of demand because there's going to be an insane surge of people that are just interested in this. And again, it just goes back to what is the most intuitive application for the average person to understand? Is it some random you know, coin about a dog or is it a random coin with a hat? I don't think that that's as intuitive as saying that you own a collectible and having a wallet that you can flex that on certain platforms. So I, I'm hugely yeah. bullish on NFTs. Yeah, and all, all it takes is one. All it takes is one project to launch 100,000 collectible and it works. 
and then it's just going to expand further. So, yeah, no, we, we definitely agree. I was actually on a, a space with function about two hours ago. And, uh, what, like, what is there, is there one, th one thing about a project that, you know, you look at and you're like, this is a winner, like one metric, one particular thing that makes you want to look into it more. Or how, is, is there anything in the, in that, you know, line of thought? There, there are certain things I look at, like, you know, for instance, why back in, um, you know, 2022 and that summer, why I was hugely bullish on pudgy penguins, for instance, was because I just kept seeing them on my timeline, even though price wasn't going up. Right. Like, so I just yeah. thought about it as one of those things where I'm like, there's a reason behind this. So same type of thing with just about any project, man, if you are constantly seeing it from people that you're plugged into, there's probably a reason for it. So then you've got to look down the line and say, okay, what are the other potential catalysts to push this forward? Does it have anybody in place that's really running the ship? You know, is there some type of, you know, and if not like, you know, within the community itself, do you have vocal community leaders that really are like pushing... So I think that so much of it really does revolve around that because, again, it's something where, you know, with any type of collection, um, for it to really have any type of lasting effect, you've got to have people that know about it. Again, what's the word of mouth? How are you going to get it out there in the first place? Um, and then from there, I mean, I don't know, man. I think that we're going to have a lot of different metas that end up pushing forward, but I still think a lot of it just loops back to, um, you know, general activity throughout a period of time. If you're looking through old projects and, you know, what, what is happening with it right then? Like, are they waiting, you know, for instance, last, last December slash January, um, in 2022, January, 2023, there were a lot of projects that hadn't sent out a tweet for like four months. And because the NFT space as a whole were going up, there were different people that were like, oh, this thing might go up. So everybody just started buying it. And you saw these dead cat bounces off the floor. But when you looked at it from a bigger perspective, it's like, boom, these projects are sending out their first tweet in four months. You know, whenever everything turns south, what's going to be the first thing that people cut? It's going to be the thing that they don't really care about. So, you know, I think that's another huge part of it, right? Is evaluating, yeah, you know, you could probably sweep a bunch of different collections right now that you haven't heard of in forever, like, you know, the Tubby Cats, right? I haven't really heard anything about Tubbies in forever. There will probably be a day where Tubbies, you know, end up lifting off again for a little bit but like is it sustainable do they really have a community that's out there are they doing anything for it right and you know you can go down the list of other various projects in that boat i just think that that's kind of the defining factor for what your analysis has to be there has to be something to be able to keep it going yeah that's that's great um i have an example um so for pudgy penguins i i made a tweet last december so like, i mean two decembers ago so 2022 and i, I made a tweet like i'm never buying a pudgy penguin i was, was giga bullish on it uh, sorry giga bearish on it and then luca took over and i randomly joined a twitter space one day I, I was drunk and i was like oh fuck it like what are they doing 
and everyone was so bullish. Like the, the whole community was there and I was like, oh, did, did I miss something? Has something changed? And um, yeah, after that, I, I bought a couple and uh, just it everything shifted from the point that it changed hands. And I was like, wow, like this is different. So yeah, no, a hundred percent. The community is everything. And uh, yeah. And it takes a good leader too. If, if you have a leader who's vocal, uh, like uh, Kelio or Luca, Frank, any of these guys, it, it takes someone who's who's present, who has good ideas, who cares about the community, and uh, who wants to make it work. So that's usually what I look for. And also ice bags, for example. I was just in a, a an interview, or I was listening to an interview with. Uh, Ice bags and uh, yeah, Giga Smart, love him. So yeah, leader first, and then strong community, and it's you can't go wrong. Or you could buy you know twenty different NFTs from projects that kind of died off, and hopefully some of them pick up. Maybe Zach XBT makes a thread and they start tweeting again. <laughs> That's all it takes. <laughs> That is, man. So, uh, Lander, what's up, man? Welcome up to the stage. What is going on, guys? Hope everyone's having a great new year. Um, I'm in office today, so can't be here long. Kind of escaped to a conference room for a bit to talk. But uh, I was listening to the space a little behind now at this point. But I wanted to say I was watching a – I enjoy a YouTube channel called Peter Santanello. He just goes around and talks to, like, random people in the States – but he was interviewing a dairy farmer and uh, she actually went into how she sells her cows and she actually lists every one of her cows as NFTs and sells the cows as NFTs. So that was just a real life use case. I thought was cool that I stumbled across cows on the blockchain, not cars, cows, cows, milk on the blockchain. Yeah. I hope everyone's having a great day. <laughs> Thanks Lander. That's cool though. I like that. Blobs would be happy. And get his full fat milk on the blockchain. Yeah, you know, it's again what makes I think just NFTs I think a little bit more interesting to even talk about than a lot of different coins because you sit there and like look at the activity on the feed between this cycle. And last cycle, Bagsy. And I like, I know you were there and super active for both. I mean, it was an, there was an insane difference. And I really think the majority of the added activity came from people that were involved in different NFT projects, right? Like the people that really stuck around more than anything weren't even necessarily the traders. They were the NFT DJs. Yeah, that's, that's especially true, true for Solana. Like in the bear market, the NFT people carried carried the the engagement and i think it's you know due to being able to pull an identity from it and also the community aspect obviously but you it's it's art and sometimes you just buy something you put it on your wall and you just love it and you have this special connection and that's that's the really cool thing about nfts is uh sometimes it'll it'll keep you engaged and um you can make friends through it not like a shit coin where you just buy it and you're trying to make money it's it's a bit more than that for for a lot of people and yeah man this is a great space 
not only the Twitter space, but just in general. It's a really good way to make friends if, um, if you're open to it. Well, I agree. And that's one thing I really want to shift back to doing this year more frequently. Um, I, I took a big break from Twitter spaces. I feel like the second half of this past year and yeah, like I, I miss it. You know, I, I think there is an element to Twitter spaces that is really unique in the fact that you do make a lot of connections where anytime that I've met somebody that I've had conversations with on spaces in person, you know, that conversation immediately picks back up and flows like you have, you know, like you've known each other for a long period of time, a lot more effectively than just being able to BS back and forth about tweets, whatever else, you know, like it is, it's real. And there are a lot of opportunities that I think that do spring from it. And more than that, it's almost going back to talking about how being in a room with people, you generate different ideas, you know, you BS long enough with people on spaces, there are ideas that are generated. You hear about what's happening in the market. You hear different perspectives that challenge your own. It's important not to keep yourself just in a constant echo chamber, which as much as I love streaming too, because I think there are a lot of elements of, you know, getting direct live feedback from the audience, which you really like, that's one of my biggest gripes with spaces. I would love it. And I think that it would just take spaces to another level completely. If there was a sidebar or a tab that you could pull up at the bottom where everybody could be chatting live, right? About what's happening in the space. Like oh, you just, that's smart. You just click the tab. It doesn't have to pop up on the main feed, but you know, you're engaging with people directly there. I, I think that would take spaces to the next level. That's the only thing that it's really still missing. Um, but, you know, outside of that, like, you know, the interaction that you get with the people on stage is still huge. Yeah, I actually never thought about that. Um, that would definitely be cool. Then you might need moderators, though. <laughs> but, yeah. But, yeah. So, I don't know. There, there are a lot of cool things I'm looking forward to this next year. You know, I, I'm definitely going to start back more in the spaces grind you know, want to do something daily with that, want to do something daily with streaming again. There are a lot of things I'm working toward right now that um, I, I've got some ideas that I think would be cool. Um, you know, I think with the platform that we've been given, one of the things that really hit me over the course of the past week that I took off was just, you know, like I look at Kobe, right? Kobe never talks about anything trading related and he's, you know, for a reason. He said a long time ago, he just realized that, like, it wasn't plus EV. And I really think the larger your account grows, the more minus EV that it really gets to talk about any potential trade setups on Twitter. Like, you know, whether you are winning or losing, in a sense, you're always losing because there is always a percentage of the population on here that will disagree with you. Right. So it is. I think way higher EV to be able to just focus primarily on what is happening, the pulse of the industry as a whole. So that's another one of my goals for this year is to be able to just shift more of my content that direction from just sharing primarily charts, right? Because sharing charts, again, it's just one of those things where, you know, it... You, you go through stretches where, you know, you feel like you're in God mode, whatever else is happening, but you also feel the weight of the stretches where you're not. And, 
you know, when you are in that, like, I think that's one of the things where I looked at like the past week where, you know, what really triggered me where I was like, okay, I need to step back and reevaluate. Like I've been a terrible stretch of public calls. And then again, a lot of those calls, like I've been taking myself. So, you know, the trading just hasn't been up to par with where I think it should be considering the market conditions. And I'm like, dude, I, I, I just think that it is healthier to be able to cut back because again, as you're sharing it messes with your psyche of what you're doing, it affects your decisions with those trades as well. So, you know, again, it's just one of those things where like shifting the content, I, I think it, it makes sense when you're a smaller account to be able to do it more, but again, larger you grow, it just becomes less and less like profitable from any sense to be able to keep that your primary focus. Yeah. I think someone who does it well is probably Hisaka. It's more of a, a broad stroke than a enter here, a stop loss here, target there type of thing. Uh, but yeah, I, I, I took a big step back from that a long time ago. And uh, yeah, it's about trying to find ways to be valuable to people without, you know, necessarily giving setups. Because even when you give a setup, someone can still fuck it up and you know, you don't want people to lose money, obviously. And you can go through really good stretches and then really bad stretches. It's just part of it. And, well, and um, this one's saying, even when challenge. you're winning. Yeah. Yeah, so um, I think we're on the same page. I'm going to have to strategize and sit down on how to do it better. Say, man, it's tough because there's still part of you that chases, or at least that's one of the things I realized too. I'm like, what has really incentivized it? And I think there's part of me that still chases that high from when I first created this account. You know, a lot of what ended up growing it were, you know, the incredible, like the high PLs, the whatever setups that just the God tier fractals that played out perfectly for whatever stretch. Yeah. You chase the high of that feeling again, and you're like, you want it back, right? You want to walk out on that good stretch. And I'm like, you know, honestly, at the end of the day, what is the real point of that, right? Like, it's just pride. So, you know, outside of outside of that, there's nothing else that's really benefiting from this. So I, I don't know. So that's, that's kind of my goal. Not to say that I won't share any charts moving forward. I definitely like... I'll share some, but I'm going to try my hardest to really, you know, do super high level as much as I can with certain ideas um, and focus, which it's going to it's going to take time, like uh, to be able to really shift fully over to it, but shift more on just connecting with people, focusing on these type of spaces Um you know, and just commentary on the fundamentals of whatever is happening, right? Like what drew me to crypto in the first place? Yeah, I'm with you there. It become a, a full wonky stonk show. Let's hey. go. Hey, I, I, I am a full wonky stonk show. I like it's. <laughs> you know, the stocks are inevitable. I, I, I do believe it, man. I, I really do. Right, like. You know, if I, I don't release something into this world and then let it die, you know, even if it's a free mint, doesn't matter what it is. I think the provenance, 
uniqueness of it. There will be a time when the wonky stonks have their day. Um, Mr. Owen, welcome up to the stage, man. How's it going? Hey, hey, what's going on? Good to see you. Good to see you too, man. How you been? Oh, uh, just riding, uh, riding the waves as best that I can. I forgot my surfboard, but here we are. Uh, anyway, um, yeah. Uh, for those of you who don't know, I met Kaleo through the the infamous arena, um, and yeah, I'm a musician. I do things related to music. Uh, I actually just submitted. I don't know if you you guys are aware. Optimism had this like pretty insane funding round or uh, grant program for artists. I think like they're giving away like over a million uh, Optimism tokens to artists who deploy uh, on there. So I sort of like in typical fashion went and minted a piece like 20 minutes before the deadline. And uh, yeah, uh, feels good, man. Taking big swings. Let's go. So wait, did they? Upon the mint, whenever you minted it on there, do they immediately, like, does that just go on an application and then they potentially pay out X amount for doing it? How does that work? No. Uh, so I guess the way they, they have several different categories. They have what was immediately appealing to me is they had a category specifically for music, which um, is pretty uncommon in this space, frankly. Like, uh, as a category, music hasn't really been developed. It's kind of been like this weird uh weird spot so that obviously struck me as an opportunity but um i i think that there are like two grand prize winners per category and then like second tier third tier fourth tier prizes and there's some sort of uh commission of people uh who are deciding it and i think it includes mark zuckerberg's sister um lol uh but yeah should be interesting of course, Randy is on there, man, because we all need to hear. <laughs> Wait, what is what was her infamous song this last cycle that we're all we're gonna make? We're all gonna make it. Yeah, yeah, bro. We're all gonna make it. <laughs> you know that's just a cover, right? Hey, is she still promoting Huglists instead of Whitelists? Oh man, I I. <sighs> I I don't I'm actually not even aware of Hugless. That sounds wrong to me. But Dude, okay. she she said that crypto or Web three needs to move on from um, outdated language and get rid of things like whitelist and you know basically you know the cancel culture thing. Move it over to uh, Hugless instead. It's just I mean okay, but like choose better replacement name like no dgen is going like no especially if they have sort of inferiority complex around their masculinity no fucking dgen is going to use the term hug list ever <laughs> i don't know actually like if somebody paid me enough i would probably use the term hug list you know if i'm if i'm sitting there <laughs> and they're they're like <laughs> yeah, but i i get the sense that you have like uh, there's know, a price a for everything there's there's a price for the term hug list and i'm sure there is a number i'm not sure what that yeah. is that i would use hug list for yeah i it's like uh don't stop trying to make fetch a thing you know like it's fetch ain't a thing bro um the brown list how about that <laughs> Uh, dude, I, I don't know. I feel like the more we dive down into this, the worse it'll get. So, oh, definitely. <laughs> it's a feature, not a bug. Yeah. Um, 
that that is exciting though. Um, so optimism with that, like, did you was your collection a one of one? Was it you know a uh, well, so I've been sort of like planning a grand collection for a while. I've been just sort of looking for the right opportunity conditions, like frankly, building my own stature enough to be like credible um, to do the kinds of things I want to do. So I actually haven't released any NFTs till now. This was just sort of like too good a pat opportunity not to try and go for. Um, so I submitted in two categories. I submitted a one of one, uh, which is a video where um, I shot it for like a thousand bucks with one of my best friends who's. He's like a insane VFX editor who does stuff for like Star Trek and shit. Um, so we managed to like stretch a small budget pretty far and the video is pretty cool. And then I submitted a, uh, a limited edition of my song Story of a D-Gen, which chronicles the tale of a, uh, yeah, a dude who comes into the space and blows up his account trading shit coins, many such cases. Um, so yeah, I think at least from what they say, the judging is like, unrelated to demand unrelated to anything but sort of quality of the art and they have like several categories that they evaluated on so these processes are almost always political so i have i have no expectations but you know fuck around and find out right love that man i love the fact that you saw the window you saw the opportunity and you took it because realistically that's what so much of this space is about right it is about keeping your finger on the pulse figuring out what's happening and taking advantage of those opportunities as you get there you know and another thing that i've really shifted toward throughout the course of the past year is just the idea of how much activity is going to happen cross chain right like as much as i like eth's provenance and i think that you know, it's security, even though there are some things that are getting a little bit shakier there from the perspective of staking and, you know, looking at how much of a percentage Lido has and et cetera, et cetera. Like, you know, I still think it's security does trump, you know, other L1s at this point, like obviously at a cost. But, you know, at that point, to that point, I still think that you're going to have a lot of different growth on chains like AVAX, like Soul, you know, like Optimism. Even. You know, you can go down the list of the different chains that are out there right now. Injective is really like you're going to have a lot of these micro ecosystems that do cross over, right? You're going to have cross chain activity between them. And there's enough demand. There's enough people that are going to be active to be able to support these ecosystems, right? It is not an ETH and ETH only world anymore. I think it's uh, kind of interesting how, I think like more and more you're gonna start seeing these ecosystems fracture over like ideological grounds. Like, you know, ETH maxis are gonna do their thing. And like some ETH maxis are like gonna be like, cool, L2s are great. But some L2s like based on, you know, the way they function, the kinds of stuff they track, uh, you know, maybe they don't like that. Maybe they don't like some of those features. You know, optimism is big on sort of attribution, on-chain identity, all these types of things. So, like, it seems like they're all kind of developing in not exactly parallel directions. You know, like, everybody's trying to find market fit. Everybody's trying to find, like, that thing that's going to, you know, sort of differentiate them. Um, and I, you know, I'm not, I'm not an institution. Um, I, you know, I think I, I have a better sense, I guess, from 
like the retail point of view, like what's just based on like what's appealing to me. Um, but like there are, there are always like games being played that are like, you know, above my pay grade. So it's hard, it's hard to sort of parse some of this stuff, at least for me. Yeah. You know, I, I just think that looking back on it right now, another one of my reflections from this past week, they're just, when you spend enough time just looking at charts, it's easy to kind of lose sight of what's happening from the technical side and the fundamental side of things where I really want to focus more on just what is happening from that perspective, right? Because if you're really looking at the highest growth opportunities to effectively understand them, a lot of it, you have to actively participate in them. Whether it's doing some DGEN, you know, DGEN shit like getting on, I mean, heck, even with getting on Stars Arena, honestly, man, I had not done anything really in the AVAX ecosystem until I did that. And it just made it a lot easier to intuitively understand a lot of the stuff that's happening there. You have to actively participate on chain to really, and you know, NFTs are a huge part of that, right? Where you're going to have NFTs, you know, like, heck, look at what the pandas have done with layer zero and how they've got cross chain. A lot of stuff have been bridged over to ETH, but you still have some pandas that live on all these different chains that are out there. Um, you know, there are different opportunities to really participate. And I think if you just narrow your scope fully to saying, Hey, you know, the price of X is going to be Y by this date and this time without going below X price, like you're really losing sight of the beauty of this space in general, right? Of why there's real intrinsic value that's here and what's going to continue to propel it forward and what is going to make it the highest growth sector out of any market over the next couple decades. Um, you know, it's not just the volatility, right? The volatility is fun. You know, it is a byproduct of that. You know, it's part of the risk that you get. It's part of what lures people in, but it's not what the staying power is, right? You're not going to have that volatility without the opportunity that precedes it. Yeah, I get, one of the things I've been thinking a lot, at, like as it pertains to what I do, because like as you know, uh, you know, I, I don't know how familiar familiar you are with my like base case around Socialfy or what it was, um, but just like the idea that eventually there will be like people who are more like consumers than investors in this space, like in order for this space to grow beyond like a DGen playground, that has to happen at some point, like. I don't know over what time scale it occurs, but like, I think, you, you know, specifically around music, it's a little weird because, um, you know, fine art, for instance, has this concept of provenance and that has existed within fine art, fine art for like, you know, centuries, millennia, um, music, uh, recorded music has only existed, you know, like a little over a century. So the the concept and the idea of provenance doesn't exist in the same way also because like since the inception of recorded music the feature was you know replicability that you could make things at scale and like it has been a business of lowering margins lowering costs um to achieve like larger scale uh be able to distribute to more users right so like as as far as like product market fit goes it's weird as a musician to be here because like you're trying to sort of marry the idea of scarcity, like artificial scarcity in a luxury product um, with how music is traditionally understood as like a low 
margin, high volume uh, business, you know, selling songs for 99 cents on iTunes or whatever. Um, so I know like for my part, I'm trying to figure that shit out because because um, it's, you know, it's not, so to speak, easy. Um, but I do see it does seem like more ecosystems are trying at least in part of their initiatives to approach things through that lens and just like you know whether the users come or the consumers come or customers come you know whatever you want to call it uh you know i can't i have no way to predict that but that's ultimately a future that like i'd like to try and build for i see what you're saying dude like uh, rolling loud released the nft project sometime last year and it was actually a pretty cool product. It was lifetime VIP tickets to every single event. And they were selling, Mint was like 1500 bucks or something, or maybe like 2000 bucks. wasn't even anything crazy. Um, and a VIP ticket cost $1,000, right? And a lot of people would say it would have flopped. I think it only ended up minting out like 30, 40% um, of what the target was, like a few thousand out of 10,000 or something like that. Um, the idea is pretty cool. I uh, still think it is, but you don't really hear a lot of noise. Can I tell you that. why I'm highly skeptical of that? Because NFTs are immutable. Like you, you create this thing and you're saying that's not a lifetime pass. That's a forever pass, right? Like how, how do you predict whether that business will be in operation in a year or two? No, sure. Yeah. I mean, that's, that is the biggest question, right? I mean, they have been operating for quite a few years and in terms and condition, they pretty much, you know, can pull it at any time. Uh, but even if they had seven events or scheduled last year or something, so even if you go to two of them, right, you, you get your money's worth. Um, so I just felt like the risk, I ended up minting a few, ended up actually taking uh, my girlfriend to one. I didn't hold on to them or anything just because, you know, I, if I wanted to go again, I could buy one or even pandas. They bought, they bought twenty of them, and uh, how the events cool? Yeah, no, it was actually the 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 first one I went to was in L.A. You know, uh, saw a bunch of people I hadn't seen, and with, there's an open bar for the NFT holders. So that's fun. Yeah, it was uh, yeah, it was pretty dope actually. You know what's funny? Uh, it's just random, but um two of my college buddies this was about a year ago just hit me up and they were like hey you want to like you want to come see the winkle guy i was like what they're like oh yeah we're touring with the winkle guy right now and they have like an open bar and free food if like you come watch this show and the winkle by twins yeah yeah they uh yeah they're on they ha- they were doing like a little music tour um yeah i, re- I remember that. i remember that <laughs> fucking amazing these guys were touring they they had like you know, they're basically like paying people to come to their shows. Right. So, um, incentives. <laughs> and I saw their tour setup rig and it's like, they have the tour bus for the musicians. And then each Winklevi like had their own black escalade that they were also touring around in, which is like just hilarious to think about the, the economics of that as like somebody who's actually toured for a living, <laughs> like, yo, you're driving an escalade, like hundreds and hundreds of miles and you have tour buses. I mean, fucking i can't knock it because those guys are just like fuck it we want to live our dream and we have the money to do it and they're doing it and they hired like great musicians and the band sounded pretty good i can't i can't lie the winkle bosses yeah living their best lives <laughs> that's amazing <laughs> 
Um, and you know, a lot of that, like, uh, it, it all comes from just being active here, right? You know, you don't have a lot of those opportunities in the first place. If you're not active, if you're not randomly showing up on these spaces, making those connections, you're not going to be at the front of people's minds for saying, Oh, you know, like Owen would be an interesting guy to invite and like, let him know about this. Um, it, it just doesn't happen without the social scene. So, you know, I think going back to the conversation around NFTs is, you just have so much more of a natural social element that is incorporated into them than you do with a lot of other tokens, where I think that from the bullish perspective of it does create a lot of different things, different opportunities, even outside of projects, right? Like I view a successful project as something that, you know, you've cultivated some type of community that outside of just the project itself, you know, they're pushing forward with different initiatives. And we've seen a lot of that, you know, with, I mean, heck, I, I think the apes are a good example with how many different projects have really stemmed from their communities, obviously from the top down. Um, but I mean, heck, even, even with like the stonks, I, I look at the guys in room 110 and I look at a bunch of the different things that you guys have pushed forward with and it, it's really impressive, right? You know, you guys have done a lot of cool things over the course of the past couple of years where you know, having that core foundation that really brings you together. Um, it, it's unique to NFTs on a level that you really just don't find with the average shitcoin that's out there. Yeah, it's funny. I mean, I don't want to monopolize this conversation, and I have been, but um, like, I've been thinking a lot about like, what is an NFT, right? Like a P you have the 10 K PFP sort of meta, which is, you know, either it's just like, you know, provenance slash a meme, um, or, you know, community with a team or like some sort of agency or, you know, like there, there are all sorts of types of structures around these things, but then like there are people talking about NFTs as tracking pixels or NFTs as utility where like, Maybe they are, in fact, not really designed to be immutable, but ephemeral. Um, like, I'm going to get this NFT, which gets me access to this one show. And that is my ticket. And then I keep the NFT afterwards, but it doesn't give me access after that. It's just sort of like a keepsake. It's like, okay, this is sort of, a, uh, you know, an immutable record that I was there before this artist blew up or something like that. And that has some sort of value as bragging rights or something um it seems like a lot of people are like trying shit and trying to figure out where these products fit and like how they could tie into larger brands how they could tie into like you know business models that already exist um and like i don't know i don't feel like we've really seen the wave of that like happening but maybe this is the maybe you know these next couple of years you know we're gonna see that i i don't know it, but it's exciting man like i i i i like the idea um what i what i sort of loved about nfts from the start is that they're kind of like a choose your own adventure like you they're a container that you can sort of that holds value or denominates value and uh you know either that's backed by something real maybe there's yield associated maybe it's just a brand but like it really is 
like a function of somebody creates something and, uh, you know, they and the people who are purchasing it are applying their, like their own imagination and creativity to what that product is. And that's fucking cool. Like, especially like coming from the perspective of an artist, like price discovery is just impossible. Like, uh, it's really hard to do. Like nobody knows how to evaluate their own work and it's really hard to evaluate. Like, you've been to a museum, like you've seen different works, you've been to art galleries, like how do you evaluate the price of one thing versus another? It's hard to do. Um, So like the idea of trying to solve for those things in some sort of a mechanistic way, I think is like a really good one. Um, We're just like, obviously not all the way there yet for all product categories, like um, 10k PFP meta, like obviously smacked super hard has been smacking super hard. Um, but like Pudgy, the 10k PFP collection that they have is not the same or analogous to the 10k PFP collection that like maybe Board Apes isn't a good example, but, um, but you know, they are applying their own sort of business model, their own structure to these things. Well, and that, that has nothing to do with the technology itself. It has everything to do with, you know, how they're approaching this genre or medium or whatever like they're applying their own sort of values to it and that's kind of cool um pythonomics welcome up to the stage you and crow both want to hand it over to you guys real quick being up here for a second also owen send me your eth address man because i want to i want to send you a stock for coming up and joining today yeah i got you man thank you and by the way rooster i finally did get those stocks out <laughs> i sent them to everybody so um we're, we're we're finally caught up like i said i always i always get them set out it just sometimes takes a minute oh i can unmute my dms now so it's I, done i got i gotta hop off guys love you all uh thanks for having me have a good night Hey, thanks for joining, man. Good night. See you, man. See you. All right, Mr. Crow, what is good in Philly, man? You, it's uh, raining a lot. Sometimes. How do you how do you feel about uh, the Eagles right now? What what's what's happening with them? Uh, not too much. I'm uh, I don't care anymore. I don't don't care, care anymore. No, it's not making me money. It's not getting me a girlfriend. I don't care. Okay, so you're not an Eagles fan. I'm an Eagles fan. I just, you know, I can't be losing sleep over things like that, you know? Not you're a fair weather fan. Life. I am I am a fair weather fan. I'm fine with that, too. It is what it is. Let me ask you, Crow, are uh, your ENS names getting you a girlfriend? <laughs> no, they're, they're just been birding me. I'm down so bad. Oh. <laughs> No, I mean that's never that was never supposed to be like any kind of quick flip. So I literally need one to sell for like an ETH. Let me take that back. I need like a couple to sell for an ETH, and I'll be in the green. So I got a chance. Um, somebody's name's going to be uh, expiring here soon. FYI. Oh shoot! Is my name expiring? Do I need to look at it? Yeah, shoot like it's gonna be a couple months still but i i've got to look on there right now i appreciate that yeah because there are i i I think there 
I'll re-up it. I'm sure they're Speaking all, of, all uh, set up to snipe that shit, Kelly. Huh? <laughs> Speaking of um, domains, I honestly think uh, you'll probably see another round of bids coming their way, and especially with sold domains, I, I think they'll catch a, a pretty nice bid. Eventually, at some point in time, um, you know, B-Ways has been chilling forever uh, about how undervalued they were, and I've uh, I've dipped my toes in. I've grabbed my sole domain and you know a couple of the 10K clubs because uh, I, I think Soul will definitely have its influx and in, in users and other projects that you know remain prominent like Mad Lads or Tensorians, you know things like that. Uh, will take off and people will be wanting to get, you know, their, their, uh, the same digit they have. Um, and I think you might see, uh, probably most coins will end up going to, you know, the coins bill will end up going to zero, but you might see some airdrops coming to SNS names as well. Wouldn't shock me. Um, so yeah, there's, there, is, there renewal, is, is there renewal fees for those or when you buy it, it's yours forever. You know, I don't even know. I uh, ate first to ask questions later. Heard that. Uh, when I registered mine, it was like $20 USDC. That's the only thing. It didn't, I don't remember looking at a time limit or anything. Uh, yeah, I don't think there is. I got a, I got iris and that, that soul, and I got iHeartNYC.soul. That's my dot soul place so far. Did you secure seven rocket ship dot soul? Somebody beat me to it, though. So. No, that's how you know. That's how you know there's demand. Yeah, no, it's, it's yeah. Cool. There's no Wait, demand for my seven rockets. East. Wait till he finds out Rooster's the one who registered it. Oh, and I came up to uh, to shill Dino Dicks too. Um, Vlad built a uh, a custom Chat GPT four. So he's been like training it on crypto and stuff, and you can ask it pretty pointed questions. Like I had it explain uh, Bollinger Bands to me, like I was a retarded seven year old. Dynamics utility. There is, there really is. Like uh, I posted the the tweet up top. Um, it's free for everybody to check out right now. Like it's worth just playing around for a second. I think it could be quite valuable. <laughs> that's amazing man i love that um pythonomics what's up man not much at all we're just uh putting our final touches on something that we've been uh cooking for the last couple weeks so um hoping to to have something that we can launch uh within the next 48 hours uh obviously it it, it ties back into the no chill project that that uh, we launched uh couple weeks back so you know keep your eyes open over there you're not gonna tell them what chain it's on come on bro oh it's oh yeah it's on the dorito chain so if you if you're there a you fan go. of doritos <laughs> you know that's that's the chain that's, to be on dude that's that's incredible so i just for the people in here if they want to pay attention to it where where do they follow you for that uh, you can either follow me. Um, I have more cryptic type of posts these days, uh, but the better place to follow would be the No Chill AVAX uh, Twitter or uh, joining Telegram because like, we're always in there just chatting it up, and that's usually where we 
leak information first. And leak is probably not the right word for it, but yeah, you know what I mean. 10-4, man. That's exciting. Um, love to hear it. Uh, let's see. So, I actually, I'm, I'm looking at it right now. I got to get running here in a bit. This has been a fun space, though, back. Like, I, I've really enjoyed this. It's been a solid, you know, we've been a solid hour 45. Um Owen, I'm serious. If you send me the your ETH address within the next two minutes, I Hell will send yeah. it to you within Hell the yeah. next five I minutes. I did. I did. You did don't you? follow me. I don't follow you? How do I not follow you? I thought I did. Well, I, I sent you a DM saying, hey, bro, you're not following me. But then that went to your other folder. So you know how that goes. Oh, shoot. My bad. I, I ended up I in the Zoom you. loop. Well, I'm following you now. Okay, well, it's like fine. I've known you for so long. It felt like awkward to bring it up. You know what I'm saying? Like, it, just like we ended up in that weird. It's like when you meet somebody like four times in a row and you forget their name. And every time <laughs> you're like, yo, dude, what's up? Like, kind of felt like that a little bit. Yeah, well, I'm sending you. I, I, I like this one a lot. We got a gradient with the Bollinger Bands on it. I like the color scheme, too. Um, so... It is heading your way right now. Um, Bang, that's but, a record. That is officially a record for the fastest song sent out. On the <laughs> <laughs> hey, the others, the others, you know, they all came, they all came through again. Like I, I send them out. It just sometimes takes a minute. Like if it is not right then and there, then you know there's a chance that it might be a space or two later so we got it done it is officially the transfer is complete congratulations welcome to the stonk community um we'll be back and like gonna... the stonks yes so we'll be back this friday um so yeah friday we'll be back to the regular scheduled programming for episode 99 be on the lookout for it and, um, you know, thanks everyone for rolling out. Wonky stunks are inevitable. We will see you guys here in just a few days. Cheers, everybody. Happy New Year.